deep underground the Jelly Belly Factory, Bibi is in her secret laboratory creating the weird and wild flavors of Bean Boozled. I've done it again! Is it pomegranate or old bandage? <laughs> Dare to compare. Bean Boozled, 6th edition. Are you brave enough? Deep underground the Jelly Belly Factory, Bibi is in her secret laboratory creating the weird and wild flavors of Bean Boozled. I've done it again! Is it cappuccino or liver and onions? <laughs> Dare to compare. Be Boozled, 6th edition. Are you brave enough? I want it all again, I buy it. I told her she gotta come try it. They wondering what I've been doing. I told them I'm keeping it quiet. Right. I pull up, you know I be moving. Whipping the four and I'm cruising. The money I'm speaking is fluent. All of my business booming. Stacking my cash in abundance. All of my family funding. Finally got what I wanted. Life is amazing. I love it. Everyone know that I run it. Yeah, look at me now. I came up. I've been thinking back then when I almost gave up on the game. Cause I never got in my way. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of the Mile High Pundit Podcast. Uh, coming at you here from this snowy night uh, in Denver. It's been a cold one, been a pretty cold week. Uh, I'm going to bring on my ice cold co-host, Jared Shuck. Jared, how you doing, brother? Okay, wasn't ready for that, but that's a good one. I'll give you that one, A+. Plus. Yes, sir. <laughs> Bro, it was, you're right, dude. It's cold as can be. Like, I thought last night was wasn't that bad, but I walked to my apartment tonight. It was 57 degrees in here. 57 man yeah, bro i kept the heat yeah. off i'm trying to save some money here you know what i mean yeah it's me me too man i mean we'll run it at like 65 bro, i won't <laughs> like even turn it on until it's 50 here. no shot yeah i'll wait but like i've i've woken up and my house has been like a solid 55 degrees 50 degrees and it's like okay but that's when you sleep the best though is when it's cold if it's too hot you can't sleep yeah that's true i, I am a cold sleeper i like sleeping with my windows open too <laughs> Just not tonight. No, not when it's no, 10 degrees not, outside. <laughs> no not shot. When it's, not, when it's, not when it's 10 degrees. We talked about doing a, a beer podcast at some point. What are you drinking tonight? Since I have you on video now, what are you drinking? Yeah, um, actually going with this nice uh, Euphoria Pale Ale here from Upslope. It's basically a, it's, it's a scabbering uh, brew out of Durango, Colorado. Uh, shouts out to... To my brother Josh for actually turning me on to Scott Brewing, uh, but they do things right up there. Um, Their summer stuff is nice really one, good too. Yeah, yeah, but the uh, the pale ale I'm a, I'm a fan of. It's not too. It's got some flavor to it, and it's not too too dark. So, um, yeah, it's great to have you know just a couple and and talk about some stuff. But uh, yeah, what about you? What are you drinking over there? I've got um, in my beautiful friend's cup. Uh, it has the little the the thing around the people, the little picture frame around the people on it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've got four roses single barrel with some Ooh. coke in it. There you go. That single barrel, ladies and gentlemen, Jared's a big whiskey guy. Um, on, on a cold day, some good whiskey is awesome, man. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm much more impartial to uh, to to bourbon myself, but Bro, both they're both good. good. They're both good because you know what? I love a good old fashioned. Oh yeah. Yeah, bro, I'd love a good old fashioned. Best one Give I've ever had, by the way, was at Elway's. Really? Mm-hmm. Best one I had because, oh, like, like, I had one up at um. Oh, what's that place in in Old Town? Oh shit, I can't even think of it anymore. Sierra's gonna literally listen to this and tell me exactly what it is because we went there with together. God, 
damn it, now I'm going to text her. What was it? As far as old factions in Fort Collins, I think the best one that I had was actually... Oh, it was that um, it was it was that burger place, that newer burger place. They have one in Denver too. Is that, I, I, is, that's did, the one like right off Main Street, right? Right? It's like right in the heart of Old Town. No, it's not even in Old Town. It's the, the spot I was thinking was more Midtown. Um, Damn. I don't know, but I'll think of it at some point. Um, but uh, but yeah, kind of a longer intro. Haven't done this for a while. Good to uh, we do have this video feed up, so it's good to um, to see to each other. Actually, see you know? people, <laughs> Frick, dude. And yeah. and we got the nice apart the nice apartment background with the washing machine and water heater, so or furnace. <laughs> hey, there you go. Look, it looks like a great place, though, man. Yeah, looks like you guys have been it's spacious, bro. Snap, been getting, you've been you've been moving in well. Yeah, just hopefully. I, I mean, I still need like have like a couch, like an entertainment center, in. I'm not paying for TV, so it's like I'm not too concerned about it. If I need to watch sometimes, lay in bed and watch it. <laughs> I got no reason to, bro. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, we we've been we've been talking. We we want to do some more deeper dives on on the Broncos, and I, I think after this de facto two almost three week break where the Broncos only played two games because the Patriots can't get their lives figured out with this COVID situation. Yeah. COVID but, in the locker rooms. Whether, whether we believe it's true or not, it, it, it's around and some people think it's overblown. Some people think that we're just kind of doing whatever with it, whatever, whatever side of the ledger you fall on. It doesn't matter because it's still affecting everything that we know and everything that our lives are. I mean, you can't go anywhere with a mask without a mask still, which I don't care yeah. for. It's just annoying to me, especially on these cold days, because this thing just they just get soaked immediately. Like it just sucks. Oh yeah, yeah. I actually just wore like a straight up face mask today, like a like a like a buffer, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know. Apart from from all this that we've been talking about with the COVID stuff, it's it, it's something that unfortunately we won't really have. I mean, for lack of better terms, you know, I, I'm I'm personally, you, you know, you, you got to take risks to get things done. And if you're going to catch a cold or COVID, then, you know, you're just going to have to to live with it. But at the same time, you know, people won't feel safe until there's a vaccine, I feel like. But at the same time vaccine for a disease that you know has a 99 percent survival rate it's just the common cold really with some you know with some other you know extenuating uh just symptoms in other people but regardless of what's going to happen it's basically just going to be people are going to have to deal with it and regardless of what's what happens here life moves on you know you got to take life for what it is because you know every day i wake up feeling blessed that i just get to wake up so um but uh but yeah let's get into to some of this broncos talk um really quickly i saw this on a on, a, on an espn tweet and i it blew my mind when i saw this this is the first time that the Patriots have started two and four 
since before Tom Brady was their quarterback. Uh, I, I mean, like, like, don't get me wrong. Tom Brady is quite possibly one of the greatest NFL quarterbacks we will ever see in our lifetime. Like everyone oh, yeah. always talked about Joe Montana being really great. And we only have video of it. Whereas we've, we've seen Tom Brady literally dominate the sport for well over two decades now. And yeah. Yeah. he's only in like, like, yeah, like ages, ages catching up with him. Well, age was catching up with Peyton Manning too. And he was still performing. Well, like, albeit not at his true potential, he was still he was still putting together some ridiculous numbers, especially that first year he was here. The first year he was here, he absolutely popped off. I mean, he set all sorts of records at the time. And you, you think about that that next year when they actually did win the Super Bowl and how people were saying that, you know, yeah, it, it wasn't his best uh, statistical season at all. You know, it wasn't even close. But what he did have was efficiency. And he had a he had a coordinator who knew exactly how to play to his strengths, and that was very efficient slant and out routes. And they were able to move the ball down the field when they had to, and score when they had to. And then they just had that suffocating defense. But uh, mean, yeah, that no yeah that no fly zone was no joke. No joke at all, man. I mean, in in my opinion, they're going to go down as one of the top five best defenses just because of the dominance that they showed even throughout the playoffs. I mean, they savaged Tom Brady to get there. They beat the media darlings and the Patriots. And then they savaged Cam Newton in the, in the big one, you know? And, and he's never been so, the same. No, and, and I, I love when the Broncos face Cam Newton because you know what you're going to get into making mistakes. You know he's just a glorified running back at quarterback, and the Broncos have been pretty stout against, you know, running backs just in general. So, um, I mean, there's that. But every time I see the Broncos up against Cam, I don't care who who, who he's playing for, I get excited. And I mean, like it, it's I mean, hard first not pass to. you through. Yeah, first pass you through. We picked off defensive lineman picked him off. And then you go to, you know, I think we had, what, two, two or three interceptions that game, a couple sacks. I mean, granted, the offense wasn't there, but we beat the Patriots purely just because of Brandon McManus and our defense. Yeah. But we're sitting here two and four. What are your, what are your overall kind of thoughts on these guys right now, Jared? I, I don't believe Vic Fangio's the answer. He was touted to be the answer for a lot of the problems, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And for, for being this uh, maestro that he was expected to be, I, I just, I, I haven't seen it. And it, it's very obvious when we're, we're playing quality teams, Pittsburgh Steelers, to an extent, Tampa Bay, and like we saw on Sunday, Kansas City. Got your wheels blown off by Kansas City. And, and it wasn't even close. And regardless of what the weather was, because it was cold, it was snowing, guess what? Welcome to Denver. 
Like, <laughs> like get over it. And quite frankly, there, there's no excuse for, for literally just looking so, just, just so inept on offense. It, it was, it was mind boggling that Drew Locke in that game can go 24 40 for 254. <clears throat> and meanwhile, Patrick Mahomes is only 15 of 23 for 200 yards. Now, granted, now granted, Mahomes limited his mistakes. He, he only he had did. he only had he had zero interceptions, and he didn't run the ball a single time. So I mean, good on him. It also didn't help that Melvin Gordon touched the ball seventeen times and dropped it twice. That that oh, that, yeah. that doesn't help in the slightest. So right there, there's four turnovers right there, and then add in KJ Hamler. With two fumbles, I, I mean, it, it was just it just seemed doomed from the get go. Yeah, and I mean, with your with your comments to to Fangio, it's it's tough. Um, part of me, you know, you know, part of me thinks that we should be given more time. Because you look at this team, and yeah, you've got an old school coach in Vic Fangio. I'm not personally a, a fan of the way he addresses things. You know, he's not as um. Uh, I know he's touted as old school defensive guy, but he's not as emotional as I thought. You know, as as you would need a coach to be, as far as getting your team behind you, because. I mean, I don't know if you saw the spat that he had with Shelby Harris at the end of that Chiefs game, but uh, it just didn't look right. Um, he comes out and addresses, you know, in a very cryptic way what we need to work on. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's just kind of like, okay, you know, anyone could have said that about us. He, he basically just said, Hey, you know, our, um, our, our, you know, our special teams was a wash, which it was. Um, I think that's the first kick return for a touchdown. The Broncos have allowed since 2017. And it was the longest play from scrimmage this year. So regardless of the conditions, I don't know if the Chiefs just magically blocked perfectly during that or if some of our guys over-pursued. I'm thinking it's probably a combination of both. But this game, it could have gone, it, it could have gone a different way. I think that despite all of the all of the negatives that we can pick very easily from this game, there were some positives. Um, there were some positives for sure. And it, it starts with me with Fangio coming out and saying, hey, we need to basically take a look at the entirety of the passing offense and, you know, just reestablish, just redo it is what he was saying. But then he also goes off on his defense, saying defensively we made too many mistakes. I disagree with them. 
I think what you see right now is a Broncos team that's two and four for good reason. They played the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Tampa Bay Bucks, the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, that's no joke of a schedule. The teams that they've lost to are a combined 22 and four. 22 and four. And then they've beaten the two teams that they're supposed to beat. I mean, the Patriots, too, I mean, you know, that's that's a great win in my book against Belichick for a young team, having to win that way with no offense because Locke did have some, some nicely placed balls in that Patriots game, and he and his receivers just weren't on the same page, in, in my opinion. There were some drops for sure that could have been touchdowns, but they weren't. Do you do you think that comes back to Locke was out for the for the first for the previous three weeks after getting injured in week one? Oh where, yeah, where it's like 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 the like almost lost that connection almost. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you look at all these guys saying Locke might not be the guy. Yeah, he might not be, but you got to remember this guy's only started eight games for two years, and he was injured the entirety of his. Um, rookie season throughout the his first training camp you know and the preseason which is where those guys get their reps so he was already at a disadvantage there he comes out wins five games and he's only played eight games jared he's played like eight eight games in like two twelfths of a quarter (laughs) because of injury um so it's just, it's tough right now. I to be the guy, but from what I saw, you know, yesterday, I'm not sure if it was just his nerves going up against the big bad Chiefs. Uh, it's where his hometown, you know, he's from Kansas City originally, but he's just not, right now he looks like he's trying to force big throws when he doesn't have to. And he's not going through his progressions. He needs to just learn how to go through his progressions. Yeah, I'm. I mean, another big thing is like like. Well, I'm just quickly looking at it here. I mean, we haven't had a single game over 250 passing yards alone. Just just 250 passing. Our the highest game was against the Jets at 242. Yeah, that's great and all, but I'm. I mean, you're still you're still trying to play catch up when you should have your your foot on the gas really and and right now the defense's biggest problem is the the passing defense i mean their rushing defense it, it's great it it really is they've held they haven't allowed a single game over 131 yards they have 130 against tennessee that was it and they played Derrick Henry. Yeah, exactly. That's they faced the. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> right there, that should tell you a lot about how good that def- that rushing defense is, and that's great. Yeah. Through six games, they have six turnover- turnovers. Okay, you get a turnover a game, not a problem, not a big deal, whatever. And they they held Tom Brady to sixty eight rushing yards, but they still lost that game. But they gave up two hundred eighty five passing yards. The passing defense. And and just for reference to week two against Pittsburgh, they gave up 301 passing yards against freaking Ben Roethlisberger, who, quite frankly, is one of the 
He's an older guy. He's he, he's he should be going card. off for. I'm shocked yeah. he hasn't gotten like his AARP card in the mail yet. <laughs> should not be going off for 300 against us. Um, exactly. I mean, like there, like there's just so much I I look at and go, where can I find the problem? They were moving the ball well against Kansas City. They had 24 first downs, 411 total yards. Mm-hmm. Pretty pretty even. Pretty even game on uh, passing and rushing, 234 and 177. There, But, again, they turned the ball over four times. Yep, unacceptable. And, and I mean, the, in the first six games, man, we're looking at, what is that? Shit, 3, 8, 10, 14 turnovers in the first six games by the offense? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm not a I'm not a huge math. Okay, I'm a huge math guy. But that tells me that ain't good. That's more than two no. a game. No, I mean you can't have that. I, I mean, if I just if if I look at Pittsburgh and and look at their turnovers per game right now, mm-hmm. they through six games they've turned the ball over a whopping seven times, half yeah. half of what Denver has done, and and Denver's so, schedule doesn't get any easier. They got to no, play the Rams no. next. We have one of the toughest schedules in in, in the NFL. Um, we, I think we get the Chargers next week, but then mm-hmm. we do play the Rams coming up. Yeah, Chargers. That's right. Um, Chargers. Rams. Oh, Jesus, but, man. These two L.A. teams. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> L, L, the L.A. Chargers. Uh, but hey, like. And, and Vegas we, is no joke, too. No. no Bro, no, they might no. be the sneakiest um, team in, in the AFC West right now. Like they are extremely, extremely sneaky, and yeah. it's just like I, I, I just I look around and the the one division that just makes me laugh the most is the NFC East because you have the leader Philadelphia Eagles at two and four. Oh yeah, like okay, but <laughs> I, 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 my my huge concern is that Lindsay's out for an undetermined amount of time now. He went through concussion protocol. He was ruled out and. And it's like, and that that's kind of where they're at right now, which is not is obviously not good. But if if we're gonna expand upon like 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 what the offense is doing wrong, I right now third down conversions is at thirty six percent essentially. It's pretty good. They can't convert on fourth down. Meanwhile, their opponents are fifty percent on fourth downs. So defense again, we something's gonna get figured out there. Their league yeah. rank right now on defense is thirtieth out of thirty two. On third down conversions, so that's got to jump up. Red zone percentage of forty seven percent, which is really bad. That's awful. If you're you're inside that twenty, you need to be getting points. Mm-hmm. Some way or another, you got to get some points. Being at forty seven point one percent is also thirtieth. So again, the 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 problem is. It's across the entire offense. When Brandon McManus is your best player against a Bill Belichick New England Patriots team and sets a record that Matt Prater previously held, it's not good. Yeah. I mean, Belichick was, he's, he's really famous for just trying to take away your, your best option. Basically he, he looks at your offense and he's like, who's your number one guy. We don't really have a number one guy. At this point, um, maybe that's no offense. I'd say it was Lindsay up until this week, but with that unfortunate news of him being 
in the concussion protocol. You can only hope that he gets back soon. And you can only hope that he's okay, because um, those are no joke. Um, but it it's tough, because what I saw when when we especially when we faced the chiefs this game was 10 to 6 with like maybe 8 minutes to go until halftime and we had the ball on our 1 yard line and we had driven it to the 50 you know, we had driven it to midfield. It's not like we weren't moving the ball on these guys. Phil Lindsay was ripping off seven yards a clip against the Chiefs. The offense was moving. I mean, the only... And then it's it's just like you were talking about, though. We get into that third down situation. And, and what does Locke do? Instead of, you know, throwing the ball away. Or even at that point, just going down for a sack. He basically throws off his back foot a really, really lame duck fluttery ball that's in the vicinity of Noah Fant. And uh, the, the Chiefs debate, the DB just gets a jump on it, pick six. Then immediately after that, kick return for six. We limited Pat Mahomes to net 170 yards because he took 25 yards in sacks. Our defense is not the problem. Our offense turned the ball over and gave Mahomes the ball on inside the the forty multiple times, our side of the our side of the field. And I don't care who you're playing; you cannot be playing the Super Bowl champs. You can't be playing, you know, you can't be playing the Cowboys like that and give people those opportunities because they'll come away with points, and it won't be field goals. You know, our defense held them to a bunch of field goals in the first half because they were just fired up and were playing well. But when your offense plays so bad that it basically compromises the integrity of your defense, and then you throw in some special teams disasters, that's how you get beat 43 to to whatever it was. I don't even want to look at the score. Uh, Um, 43-16. (laughs) 43-16. Football reference. I think I have so much knowledge right now. But it's you know you know what I mean though. Here's my question: How is Jerry Judy out there for seventy five percent of the snaps and only gets four targets? I will. Noah Fant was out there for seventy and got seven targets. <laughs> I mean, like, and I'm not trying to say that like I'm not trying to like you know stir the pot or anything here, but. I mean, at some point, you got to let Jerry Judy run, right? I mean, maybe he's just he wasn't used to the snow side of the field where it's like, oh no, he's where, it's like, where it's like you got to wear <laughs> exactly, um, dude. Where, where it's like, like you actually have to wear like spiked cleats to actually yeah, do anything yeah. in the snow. I mean, I mean, hell, dude, how many times do we go down to that that school down south and oh, yeah. had to play in a freaking blizzard next to the mountain? Dubs. Like, <laughs> Like uh, I, I mean, yeah. we we even played one up at our school too, and we were like, like we we're like, man, we need some better cleats than this crap, dude. Right, dude. Right. But <laughs> I, I mean, there's just I I see so much of this and I go, well, wait a minute. If 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 we're not even getting our top guys, so so you can't four targets. Like what 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 are we what are we doing here exactly? Like what what is the goal that we're trying to accomplish? Because obviously it's not the running game. Because the running game hasn't done a damn thing. I, I, I mean, it, Melvin Gordon had 
nearly double of Philip Lindsay's touches <laughs> and, and had 11 less yards than Philip Lindsay. Yeah, so and, Melvin and, Gordon's and not the answer. Phil runs hard. He, you know, he he's one of those guys that hits the hole. And if you're going to want to stop him, you're going to have to pop him because he's not going down. He's he's a very north side kind of guy. Yeah, and he he churns out yards. It's very evident, um, especially you know you're getting him back from a turf toe injury, which is so unfortunate because he played less than a half before going out concussed, and that's just been the overall narrative of this Broncos team. I mean, just going down their their depth chart right now, man, and this is just going to be real sad. All right. You got Phil Lindsay is questionable. You got Deontay Spencer out. Cortland Sutton IR. Levante Bellamy out. Uh, Jake Butt out. Tim Patrick questionable now too. Elijah Wilkinson IR. Jawan James out. I mean, that's that's generally... That's your production right there, especially in, in Cortland Sutton. So now you're having, you're basically having what we didn't want to happen, which was Jerry Judy going up against the team's number one cornerback. That was supposed to be, you know, it's supposed to be court's assignment, but unfortunately he's out with an injury, you know, all the best of his recovery. Um, but it's tough when you have that many guys go down. And I'm not even talking about the defense yet. And I don't even want to get into the defense as far as the injuries go. I mean, just to name a few, Jarrell Casey, Mike Purcell, Kyle Pecco, Joel Heath, Joel Heath um, Jeremiah Tachow, Justin Strout, Sternad, uh, Jonathan Harris, Von Miller, AJ Bouye was out for uh, until this game. So... You, you look at our team and it's like, okay, we're missing our number one pass rusher, our number one cornerback for most of the season. We just got him back yesterday. And then you get hit with a whole new slew of injuries. And I don't really think other NFL teams go through as much attrition as the Broncos do year in and year out. It's tough. It, it, it I don't feels blame, like a, a Tulo thing. All of that. I don't want to blame all that on injuries. But it's uh, it to a certain point. I mean, we had Devontae Bosby going off as this team's third cornerback. And it's just unfortunate because now that we've activated A.J. Bouye back, he's now signing with the Cardinals. So we lost him. He's going to their practice squad. But it's been just like a next man up mentality week in and week out on top of the schedule that these guys are playing on top of a guy who's only started eight games as signal caller, two of those being in the snow against your defending Super Bowl champs. I mean, it's just a bad time to be in the AFC West right now. And it's unfortunate watching Justin Herbert go off for the Chargers because like he's popping off for 400 yards a game and it's his third game. So at some point you have to look at your personnel. You got to look at Shermer and just shake him and and be like, what the hell are you doing? Play to our strengths, bro. Why uh, KC game? Perfect example. Averaging averaging seven yards a pop. Before he got concussed, they took him out and tried to do a cute little flea flicker with Melvin Gordon. And guess how that ended? Turnover inside the ten. 
inside the 20, inside the red zone. And the defense held Mahomes to a field goal. So you got to look at the team as a whole. The offense, as scarily bad as they are, have been just putting our defense, they've been putting them in situations that most NFL teams do not have to go through with four turnovers this game. I mean, and people will say that like Mahomes didn't have to throw for 400 yards. Granted, he didn't, but I really think that the Broncos generally do a good job of containing him. His games against us and the games that he's played against us, fewest yards is when you compare uh, just stats to the to the overall league. But the Chiefs roast us in special teams. I mean, every year, it's it's like they have either a pick six or a kick six or a punt six. Or like and a, or it's like always the momentum Or just something stupid. Yeah, yeah. So, it's tough. Um, and, tough I, being a Broncos right now. And, and I mean, like, just like, just looking at the upcoming schedule for the Broncos, just looking all the way through week 17, Dude, I got them finishing no better than six and ten. A hundred percent, no better than six and ten. I, I, I mean, I can see like maybe a few swing games where maybe they get lucky. But I, I, I mean, if Justin Herbert's gonna keep playing as well as he has been, oh, dude, we're screwed next week. A hundred percent, unless the secondary somehow magically pulls their heads out of their asses. There, there is no shot that that uh that happens so and i mean royce freeman while he's been good he's in six games he's gotten 20 attempts so maybe don't don't try to lean on him too much no i mean i mean what you're what you're getting right now basically with the absence of of lindsey is and this is this is why we signed melvin gordon um, in case something like this happened to Lindsay, because he, the dude's five eight, you know, um, he's not built to last a full season, especially the way he runs. He's a very violent runner, man. Um, but Freeman, you look at him. I mean, he probably averages about four yards a carry. Kind of, you know, he'll he'll truck a guy, but he's he doesn't have the most blazing speed. But he might just even be like a four and done type dude with the way that this team is looking right now, because to stay. I feel like as long as he's healthy, he will stay. You got Melvin Gordon for another year just because of that god awful contract they gave him. Find him because we just we just did not want Freeman as our main backup because it happened last year and it was the same thing four yards carry nothing special you know you can get that anywhere um, but Gordon it's it's weird just comparing the two him and him and Phil Lindsay just in in their different aspects because with Gordon he looks like a much more he he looks like a smoother runner out there. You know, until he runs into a blocker, and then it's like, oh, dude, 
Phil would have hit that hole going 90. And granted, he'll pop off some nice runs. But granted, he's a guy that looks like he's lost a step since being on the Chargers. Or five. Lost a little bit of pop or five. (laughs) I mean, but you look at the division, obviously, Casey is scary. Um, but their defense, you know they don't have a rush defense. So the next time you play them, no more of this flea flicker crap. No more of this, lock. we know that you're an okay deep ball guy. Let's chuck it down the field 30 times. No. How you beat the Chiefs is exactly how the Raiders beat the Chiefs, and they fed Josh Jacobs for the entirety of that game. The Broncos should have fed Phil Lindsay the entirety of the game kept Mahomes off the field. The way our defense was playing, he only went for 170 net. Three sacks and two garbage time TDs, my dude. We held him to field goals through the fourth. (laughs) Through the third, I mean. So, you just look at this with a little bit of just analytical thought. And I'm looking at you, Pat Shermer. I figure it out, man. You have that job for a reason. Both me and Mr. Shuck here could do that job better than you right now with the pieces that you have. I wouldn't say me, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, but you know what I mean, though? Yeah. No, like no, no. The Raiders no, exposed understand. how you beat the Chiefs. That's how you beat the Chiefs. You keep the ball out of Mahomes' hand, and the Raiders don't even have a, a pass defense, a rush defense. They can't get to the quarterback. Which is why the Raiders are going to be... That, that's the team that we're going to pick up our two wins against. I'm not scared of the Raiders in the slightest. Yeah, they've got offense, but our defense is much better. So I have two wins against the Raiders this year. The Chargers, we'll just have to wait and see. Herbert's been playing great, but I know that the Chargers also have not faced a defense as good as the Broncos. I mean, yeah, they faced the Saints. They faced, um, who was it this week? Uh, well, while you're while you're looking that up, dude, I saw this tweet on I saw this tweet obviously on Twitter, but um, I, I saw this tweet where I don't I don't know I don't know if you t- retweeted or I saw it on our on our page or what it was, but I, I saw it and like I almost laughed. I did laugh because it was actually pretty damn funny. Yeah, not in a good way. Um, <laughs> the the Broncos haven't beaten the Chiefs in their last ten matchups, and, and so here here's what the tweet literally said. Here, here's what oh, yeah, and uh, uh, Pat uh, Bowen is like rolling over in his grave right now because the Broncos haven't beaten the Chiefs in ten straight matchups. Uh, that's that that's going back to like when the Raiders were really good in the late '90s and early 2000s, and that was like the premier matchup. Ten straight. And, that's like five. Uh, it's five years. It's five years. Five years. They beat him five we, years. We we beat him when we had Peyton. That was last time. Actually, let's see when was the last time. We we beat him when they had Alex Smith as, as QB. Lost that game. Won that game. Hold on. That means it would have been twenty sixteen when they beat Kansas City L. Let's see. Oh, and the Chargers played the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. So in Herbert's two starts, he's played the Saints and the Jags. So and respect so, to those teams, but their defenses are nowhere near the Broncos right now. Not even close. The the last time 
the the Broncos beat the Chiefs. <laughs> Who was it? Let's see. Yeah, Peyton Manning was your starting quarterback. Yikes. <clears throat> and that was on Monday Night Football. Because I remember this play very, very well. <laughs> because Manning threw a 19-yard pass to Emmanuel Sanders with oh. like 30 seconds left. And then... Bradley Roby had a scoop and score off of a oh hell Jamal Charles Jamal Charles fumble with like 20 seconds left and we all pretty much lost our shit oh yeah it was man what a game and what a game that that was the year we won the Super Bowl yep that was the year year. and I mean let's just let's call it what it is our special teams is ass too yeah 100% yeah and mm-hmm. and like we haven't had a solid kick returner since probably those seasons and just maybe like a year or two after Peyton Manning. Um oh god, I can't remember that freaking dude's name now. Hold on, I'm gonna find it. Oh, it's gonna piss me off when I see it. Um Jordan Norwood was the was yeah. the last good cook kick returner I remember. And like out outside of that, man, it's just like I don't understand why they are as bad as they are at times. Because on paper they look great, they really do, and then they get on the field and they look like shit. I it just it doesn't make a ton of sense to me just yet. Granted, yeah. I haven't I haven't I, I I watched like week one, week two. I was or miss on week three and four um but i watched week week six when they beat the pats but i'm like even then i was like okay you, you beat cam newton again is is that going to be your claim to fame is that we always beat cam newton <laughs> I, if that's what it is then cool but i'd much rather that not be what the broncos are known for at this point yeah i mean or good kickers yeah yeah with with me Tom McMahon, and and for those of you who don't know, Tom McMahon is the Broncos special teams guy. Should be worried for his job. Um, especially just the way that they played. I mean, you give up the give up the kick return, obviously. You can't do that. But no one's even talking about the play where you know Hamler. Instead of fielding the punts, you know, in the first half, he lets it bounce out at the one. Yeah, there's there's something when you look at a special teams player and, and you look at how they're just supposed to to generally go and, and give 110 percent because you're on special teams. It's basically like a tryout to, you know, to solidify a spot there or even get moved to the defensive or offensive side of things. But if you're KJ Hamler, I don't know what McMahon said to him, but you have to feel that. You have to fall on it at least, but you don't let it roll inside the one right after a 14 point switch. I mean, you just, you you can't do that. You can't, can't do that. And I don't know if it has, if it's something with toughness that McMahon has to preach, but our special teams unit looks soft. They don't even hit anyone. That was evident on the kick return too. 
like you said, don't give us the conditions crap because it's Denver. You know, those players, for the most part, are used to playing in those conditions. It is part of their job. Um, but the overall just feeling right now that I get when I when I watch these guys is just... And it's it's tough. Like you see a lot of potential, and you see what what could have been, and then you're like, oh, why did Shermer call that? Oh, why did we do that? What you know? Well, why didn't Drew Lock hit the open man? Why didn't he? There's just all these things that come to play. Um, but I don't know. How do you how how do you feel about this team just moving forward? I guess. Outside of, I think you brought up a great point with um, McMahon, the special teams coach. He should be worried about his job. I, I that's a I, that's a great point. But I, I think the bigger one that needs to be worried about their job is John Elway. Mm. And for and if if I was the bull in trust and I'm the ownership group of that of of the Broncos. I'm looking at what Joe Sackick is doing with the abs and going, what are you not doing right? Are you still stuck in the late eighties and nineties style of play? And you're not realizing that the game has changed. I mean, I, 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 I seriously do. I, I, I beg you to name the last non white and tall quarterback we drafted. Exactly. That's my point. <laughs> like, can't, can't do it. I, I mean, just like John Elway, John Elway drafts himself as a quarterback. That's what he drafts. He went and got Peyton Manning because Peyton Manning was the guy that he he saw in himself. He knew Peyton yeah. Manning could win him a championship, so he did it. That's great and all. The game has changed. You and no, there should have been. This may piss a lot of people off. No, we shouldn't have. We should not have gotten Kaepernick. For as great as everyone thinks that Kaepernick is, outside of his one year where they went to the Super Bowl, he wasn't that good. He he really he regressed back to the mean, which is pretty standard. Look at what Cam Newton did. He regressed back to the mean. And what you're seeing now is this influx of Patrick Mahomes type players. Justin Herbert's a great example of it who get outside the pocket and create plays on their own. When when we talked about Mahomes getting paid back in like the third episode, I called him the Steph Curry of football. Yeah. I still stand behind that hundred percent because you see this dude do things that nobody does. And there's a reason why he's so successful because teams can't, there there may be a book on him at this point, just like you see him, like like when you hear in baseball, like, oh, they got a book on the guy now. And that's why like (laughs) Sam Hilliard wasn't hitting well or I don't, some stupid, something stupid like that. And while, while that may be true, there is a book out on him. He's, he still finds ways to blow up your entire game plan against him. And then take your game plan and shove it straight up, straight up their ass because he can develop a play out of nothing. He makes audible. He, he has the audible acumen of play of Peyton Manning and the feet of Bo Jackson. It's the craziest thing. 
and and he throws like Joe Montana. He just heaves the ball and just doesn't care. He's like, yeah, check this out. Watch this on a rope. And they're they're inside the opponent. They're on the opponent's half, and they start at their own like thirty. And yeah. and Andy Reid has done a great job of letting Mahomes do his thing and not telling him, hey, I need you to adapt to me. He adapted to Mahomes, which is what I think saved his job. Because leading up to that point, Andy Reid had been known as nothing but a choke artist. Andy Reid had always been a guy who was touted as an offensive guy. Because when he was with the Eagles, I mean, he put up some great offenses back in the day. Um, I don't know if you remember, uh, like, just, you know... (laughs) around that time but he made guys like brian westbrook donovan mcnatt i mean he was good man he knows how to use his players and when the chiefs traded up to draft the guy as transcendent as patrick mahomes um it's it's their culture you know they're like hey we're the kansas city chiefs we're tired of losing we're gonna start to win now and their entire culture has changed with us it's more of the fact like what you were talking about is our culture actually in the right spot what what is our culture let's just call it what is what is the broncos culture right I, now they don't have just one they don't have one right now we don't have one right now yeah, yeah. we 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 like to tout ourselves as a i mean LA went out and got Fangio. He's like, hey, even though the league around us is, (laughs) I mean, our division is just full of offensive geniuses. Um, We go with the stalwart defensive guy. And it's like you said, the game has changed. You know, it's no longer about... You know, you have to limit a team's rushing yards, but it's not about limiting a team's rushing yards anymore. It's it's literally about trying to play chase with your opponent and keeping up and keeping the pressure on that opposing offense to force them into a mistake, which when you have a good defense, those mistakes might happen more often than not. But when you look at us right now, it's like you said, we do not have a culture. And Elway likes to maybe think that we still do. Maybe. But I'm not seeing it right now. Um, Another thing I just have never understood, especially in the NFL, because you don't see this, this in college, is why is there such a reluctancy to throw the ball in rain or snow conditions? I, I have never for the life of me understood that wind. Okay. I get it. Be, especially if it's gusting hard. I understand, but you have gloves for a reason. Yeah. Peyton Manning started wearing one because it was so effective as a quarterback. Tom Brady started doing it in colder games. So that point is null and void. Your wide receivers all wear gloves Mm-hmm. almost every player on the offensive line is probably going to end up wearing gloves because they want the little bit of extra grip. Yeah, yeah. So I I don't understand the reluctancy to not throw the ball in cold, rainy, wet, uh, snowing. I, I don't care what the condition is, but when it's not ideal 
as they want it to be. They like almost are so hesitant to throw the ball. And it, it just, it's something I've never understood. And another thing I don't get, especially about this Broncos team, is you have a guy who's pretty quick for a quarterback in Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. Why is there so little RPO in their offense? Yeah, uh, you know, I didn't like the fact that you had him lining up out of the gun. Um, you know, I'm not quite sure. And even just with his body of work right now, you've you got to remember, I mean, people will look at Locke like, oh, he's a two-year, you know, two-year starter for us. What? No, he's not. He's a guy that has eight games under his belt, not even a full season. And for for everyone that's that's that, you know, that's angry about this, you know they have the right to be. But at the same time, we have to let this play out this season. We have to. Um, so let's be honest. We're we're already out of the of the Trevor Lawrence window. We've already won too many games for that. He's going to the Jets. Um, guaranteed. Now, maybe a Justin Fields type from Ohio State, maybe we're in that right now. I don't know. But he's one of those guys that's very transcendent, you know, Ohio State quarterback. Um, Unfortunately, my mom was pretty upset with him putting the hurt on uh, Nebraska this past weekend. Ohio State beat him, I think, 56 to 13 or something. Nebraska's back, but, baby. <laughs> man, it's it's going to be a rough year for those boys. Dude, um, Big, Big Red has been small red for a few years now, and it's just not – Scott Frost is just not the right guy. He's not. Yeah, I don't know. And I know that you guys have I, – I, I know Tyson's a big Huskers fan. Um, oh, yeah, dude. I, when, so. when Colorado beat him, I think it was like the last two years – yeah, like I just, I, I just wouldn't let up on it. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, you know what happens when Frost comes to Colorado? He melts at 32 points. Yikes! <laughs> he's, he's like, he's like, you don't have to say that. I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, maybe. Regardless, we both agree that something's got to change. Um, I think it's front office as a whole. I agree with you. Um, a lot of people think that you know Elway's time is nigh, and I'm I'm one of those guys. Um, so I guess we'll just have to sit back and watch the uh, the light show, my friend. Um, but this season, we just have to play out this season for for the crapshoot that it is, and the amount of people we have injured. I mean, we have the most cap space out of any NFL team right now on IR. $63 million. That cripples you no matter what. It's like we were talking about it with the abs. There just comes a certain point where your team isn't really your team anymore because, because of just all the guys you've had to burn through. Um, meanwhile, you have players developing real chemistry with a guy like Bosby who is you know one of the bright spots in our secondary now to see him you know leave just because AJ Bouye is back but not necessarily a bad thing Bouye is a solid corner but we, we just got to play this out man 
we have to see got a right lock for the full 16 games this year and we really have to just come to the conclusion is you know he might be a guy but is he the guy i don't know yet it's too early to make that call for me so maybe going in this year on all those offensive draft picks was a mistake maybe we should have built up the line for him a little bit better but how can you say that when three free agents you brought in are injured that were supposed to do that you know and i mean like a, a shortened uh like a shortened training camp and all that other all the other factors too no preseason games help. i mean i i remember and this is like going back to the whole culture thing in the late 90s when, when the broncos won those two super bowls what what were the broncos known for i i can tell you right offhand what they were known for and it wasn't john elway and it wasn't no. terrell davis no and it sure as hell, and it sure as hell wasn't steve atwater no, I mean you had some great pieces in those years, you know Shannon Sharp and guys like that. And but but they were known for they were, were extremely known for crush, man. they were known for their extremely agile and strong offensive line. They had the lightest offensive line in the league back then, and that's when people really started making the switch to the lighter offensive lineman who was mobile and could move with screens, and that's when the rollout became huge. And that's yeah. what I, and that's what and maybe it's just me being like uh, a fanboy of what it was back then. But I remember even as much as I hate him, Jay Cutler, they'd line up in an eye set. They'd line up in a, in a strong eye set. And it'd be like, let's let's call it they was on like, like the right side of the hash. They were on like the right hash and they were lying and they'd line up strong right on an eye formation and they'd run just a freaking a bootleg to the left and just sell the shit out of it where's that yeah I mean, that would still work in today's game yeah you you have to basically take pat Shermer and be like i don't know what i have to say to you but but play to your strengths um play to your strengths you know lock he's a guy when given time can make the right decision have you know they have a decent pass rush um that's why i'm not worried about the raiders the raiders have no pass rush 32nd in the league when applying pressure not worried about the raiders get ours against the raiders those will be our next two wins probably um big wins will be against the raiders but you have to take Shermer, and you have to say hey i don't know what you're doing wrong but get lock in motion you know, get him to where he's rolling out and get him to where he's not throwing the 70-yard bomb to no one. Get him to where he's hitting Fant on a 12-yard cross. Little chunk plays. They talk about chunk plays. Let's start with little chunks. Because we're not there yet, man. <laughs> we're not ready for the big chunk plays yet. Not with the amount of just disruption that the offenses had chemistry wise past couple years, two offensive coordinators. That's rough. Got to learn two new schemes, you know? Um, but <laughs> you look at Sherman, you're just like, dude, you have 
I mean, for the life of me, you know, you, you had just gotten Lindsay back. I don't know why you didn't run him for 30 carries. You know, pre-injury, I don't know why he only saw six. But he took those six carries for 80 yards, bro. Running it up the gut. So guess what? Do that on the first and second down. Don't bring in Melvin until third down. That's how you drive the ball down the field with this team. You got to look at Jerry Judy and you got to look at him as, hey, this is not our big bodied possession guy. On the slight side, he's a slot receiver for a reason. And he's not playing his natural position. He's playing on the outside. He's not used to that. He's a very polished route runner. Think Emmanuel Sanders type, but just with more uh, height to him. That is what Jerry Judy is as a four-year player in Alabama. That's what he showed with Nick Saban's offense. And quite frankly, it's the reason why the Broncos drafted him was to replace that Emmanuel Sanders type. Because when you have that with Cortland Sutton, that offense is completely different because Sutton is actually a dangerous presence downfield. Very dangerous. Um, it, it, almost, it almost feels like they've been trying to like replace DT since they since they traded him. Yeah, like, yeah. Like they've been trying to find like that big bodied slot guy, and they I think, can't. I think, I think Sutton. I think Sutton's the closest you're going to get to that. Yeah. I mean, the dude, the dude plays well. Um, made the Pro Bowl last year. Uh, and just really sad to watch him go out with a with another you know knee injury against the Steelers week week two. You know. Um, or was it even it was it was it week one against the Titans? It was week one. Yeah, week one against the Titans. So you look at this offense, it's the youngest offense in the league. They've played very, very good teams this year and the Titans, uh, Steelers, Chiefs. I mean, it's like I said, the teams they've lost to are 22 and four. It's not a cakewalk. They're good teams they're losing against. Um, but it's tough to see him go out like this, I guess. Not playing to the full show of the roster. Yeah. Because and you're pretty shorthanded, though. 63 million, man. Yeah. 63 million. I think the next closest team comes in at 50. And I mean, none, we've got none of them are Von Miller. No, none like, of them. Are. Like nobody on that fifty million is the quality of Von Miller. No way. No. So it's admirable when you see a guy like Bradley Chubb go off for three set, go, go off and have a, a good defensive game. And he was frustrated towards the end, man. He was screaming, yelling, pissed off. But that's what you want to see. That's what you want to see after a loss. You don't want to see guys hanging their heads. Oh, we lost. Hmm. You know, you want guys with some fire, man. And I don't know if these coaches, Fangio included, have been able to unlock that next gear. Kind of cryptic, but I, I don't know. <laughs> um, 
just just really quick in closing um they the broncos have i mean it's just they get a they they have a really really tough game next week um against the uh the the chargers and i i think we can win that game if justin herbert goes off for his current average of 308 yards a game we're screwed 100% oh yeah but is he though I mean because like, like I said you look at the Chargers with Herbert and before Herbert it was Tyrod Taylor he wasn't doing him any favors um, but Herbert he lost to the Saints who have a bottom 20 defense they beat the Jags by a 10 who also have a bottom 20 defense um, with respect to the Jags and Saints like I said before um, they're not the Broncos and you and I both know just kind of with these players kind of how they can respond to a loss like this and getting embarrassed 43 to 16 in a snow game in your home state a lot of these guys took that you know pretty personally i i myself i would not want to be justin herbert right now because our defense plays well and you can bet your ass Chubb's going to get at his. He's going to get a few sacks. Malik Reed's going to get his. Um, it's, it's just with, I mean, if the Chargers beat us this year, look at us as a true state of regression because that is a team that we beat uh, twice last year. You know, so I, I'll leave it at that. If the Chargers, just with picking up Justin Herbert, a guy who started two games, is still a rookie quarterback, you know, you you always want to play a rookie quarterback in this league. I don't care who that rookie is, unless if it is Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> but you you want to play rookies. Am I am I not wrong? No, you're not. you want, you're not. want quarterbacks. So maybe give. I mean, I'm kind of like already hyping myself up here, sort of, but. In, in closing, let's wait a few weeks. Let's see how this team really responds with Locke actually being involved here. And let's hope that Phil can come back because that is the offensive, that's the spark of this team. Him and Garrett Bowles right now are the two players I would pay this offseason. So here, and Bulls. here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to wait till after the Vegas game in week 10 All right. before I write them off completely. That's fair. I'll, I'll give them till week 10. If they drop, if they drop two of these next three, if they drop all three, I'm completely writing them off a hundred percent because that's just you, you at that point. If you drop all three, you're now two and seven with six games to play. Yeah. Uh, thank you. No, thank you. Well, seven games. Yeah. So I mean, really. <laughs> so you're two and seven with seven to play, and you still got to play Kansas City again. 
Yep. And New Orleans. So have fun. Yeah. Um, man, but yeah, really, really wanted to talk about the Broncos, though. I was glad I were able to. Um, but yeah, we're going to close up this this segment here. Um, for, for all you guys, it'll be dropping here uh, Tuesday. Tomorrow, it's currently Monday, about 10.50. Um, and yeah, I'm just going to pass it off to my main man, Jared, for some closing right now. Oh, well, all I know is my fantasy football team is back above 500. Thank you, God. Oh, it was a little, a little, a little sketchy there for a little bit, but we've, we've made it back. Uh, took out Adam's undefeated streak, which is great. I, what are you're back to four and three as well? Well, you will yes, be after sir. this week. Back to four and three, back to four and three myself. Is Josh just like not setting his lineup or like what's going on? Josh set his lineup a week ago, two weeks ago, mm. and crushed Christian. Um, but yeah, I guess he might have done something this week to where he, I don't know. He'll kind of just like go camping and go do things and he'll be out of phone service for a while. And yeah probably one of those things but uh hey i i you know i needed the win i hate winning like this but i will i'll take that win every time did, did you see with, did you see trevor's game dude i did oh my god trevor's team scares the living daylights out of me i i, uh, I think i'm one of trevor's losses too but i'm not sure oh no he actually no he smoked me i beat trevor <laughs> yeah he kind of kicked the hell out of me I, I remember that game now that wasn't yeah. good it wasn't pretty. No, it wasn't. It's not good. <laughs> but yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about my team as well. Four and three. We got some bad, bad injuries. But uh, bro, inside my division, I'm two and one. That's when I play the freaking Eastern Conference. I just get my ass kicked. <laughs> my conference, bro. <laughs> oh, if I if I play that conference, I apparently just get my ass kicked. It's the craziest thing. But inside my division, I'm I'm two and one. So. Uh, and I've only made five moves, so to still be where I'm at is pretty good. Not bad, not bad. I've had to make quite a few moves, unfortunately. Yeah, you have. But hey, we're four and three. You know, only looking up from here. Um, I do need Phil Lindsay to get better though, because I do actually have him on my team, and. To put this mildly, he's actually one of my more healthier guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's true, bro. Your team is so, like your your team's an infirmary. I don't know how I'm four and three. I really don't. Um, but I'll take it. <laughs> it's crazy, dude. Um, but yeah, hey, everyone who's uh, kept through. I mean, it's been oh, almost twenty days since we posted an episode. Sorry about that. Once again, life, liberty, the pursuit, of happiness, all of that stuff got in the way. Um, but now that I've moved, everything is good. Everything is set up. Joel and I can see each other on Google Meets, which is phenomenal. We were trying to figure it out their Discord for the longest time, and I said, "Ask her. Let's just do Google Google Meets." But yeah. Um. But yeah. Hey guys, once again, thanks for listening. Uh, it's my high pundit podcast. Uh, upcoming, we are gonna do a beer podcast at some point. We're st- we've been talking about that. We're gonna do that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Some more hockey talk, definitely on the way too. 
um free free agency just happened a couple guys went a couple places we want to talk about a couple of my favorites that i wish would have stayed nieto nemestikov it's okay um and then a huge trade that we need to talk about with the abs and the blackhawks inner division trade oh yes so we're gonna we're gonna chat a little bit about that and kind of get some now that we've kind of let it sink in a little bit see kind of what what we think of those trades so uh that's on the horizon keep an eye out keep an eye out for that one but uh once again, guys, we just really appreciate you listening. Uh, if you haven't followed our Twitter yet, it's, it is at Mile High Pundit. If you've not subscribed yet, please do. Over 75% of you don't subscribe on Apple, and I don't know how many more on Spotify. So if you don't mind, just hitting that subscribe button. It's free. It costs you nothing. It just gives us a little more, a little bit of a, of a bump here. So uh, we're, still, we're still trying to grind away at that. Uh, we're trying to reach uh, 500 followers on Twitter before, what, the end of November? Yeah, yeah. So... We're working on that. So if you guys don't mind shouting us out to a friend, trying to get some more people on the podcast. Matthew got his stuff from DNVR yes, finally. Thank Congrats, you, God. Um, sorry it was a little bit late, but I mean, hey, it, these ain't no gimmicks. So um, we'll we'll probably drop another one uh, in the uh, in the apps podcast that we're gonna do probably next week or something. Um, yeah, yeah. And we'll find we'll find some way to tie it in. But uh, but yeah. So uh, for Joel James. I've been Jared Chuck. You've been listening to the Mile High Pundit Podcast. Call your mom. Call your dad. Call call your grandparents. Call your brother, sister, long-lost niece from six years ago. Whatever it might be. Call them. Say hi. Tell me you love them. Tell me you miss them. And just keep keep having a great week. Halloween's coming up. Be safe. Everyone's always talking about how they're going to put LSD in candies and all that crazy shit we grew up dealing with. We were always more worried about the black tar candy, but it's okay. Watch out. There's a nine millimeter in that Snickers bar. <laughs> exactly, man. So just be safe. If you're going to go out, go be safe. I mean, if, if you're going to let your kids trick or treat, let them trick or treat, man. They're kids, you know, and just enjoy it and be safe and have some fun with it. All right. Right now, it's too, it's too easy to not have fun with the current state of the world and COVID restrictions and all that stuff. But go out, have some fun, and just don't don't let it affect one of the very few uh one of one of the very few holidays that we can actually celebrate during COVID and still not feel like it's COVID. But yeah. anyways, you guys have been listening to the Mile High Podcast, and we're gonna catch you next week. I'm in the studio cooking up music cause I know I never got time to waste This is a decision I gotta make, made it here I can't stop now Had to make what I got now, this the life I chose Seen the highs and lows, I've been getting what I want now
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.